Welcome to Balance Boldly, the podcast for ambitious women in business and a few brave men. I'm your host, Nikita Thigpen, balance and relationship advisor, moving you beyond the simply surviving of burnout that you're dealing with in your work and your life and into a space of thriving in life, love, and business. You guys that are have, have been listening to us for quite some time know that we live and breathe in seasons. I move with ease and flow between seasons. And we are episode two deep into season 11, which is all about breaking boxes. We're breaking every box. We're breaking expectations. We're breaking the box we put ourselves in. We're breaking the box the other person tried to put us in. We're just breaking everything so we can make room for everything that really matters for us. And as we move into week two of season 11 for Breaking Boxes, I have the pleasure of introducing you to this phenomenal woman who was referred down the referral line to me. It was super awesome because they said she would be an amazing, amazing guest for Balance Bully Podcast. And in our pre kind of podcast conversation, we just kind of fell in love with each other. We were laughing and giggling. I feel like the first time we were on the phone for hours and it was her night out. She was trying to have some romantic time with her husband and we just ended up talking for a good two plus hours, which of course she still made room for her man. So don't don't think she chose me over them, over him, but we had a really good time. Her name is Kiana Brathwaite. She is a registered nurse. First of all, backing up, she is a woman who wears multiple hats. She's a registered nurse, a wife, a mom of two beautiful children who are in cyber school. So she's homeschooling too, y'all. And she's the CEO and founder of KB Cows, providing healthcare interaction services that empower clients to make informed decisions around their health and wellness and customize their wellness solutions so that it can encompass all aspects of their health care, especially for individuals, but also for families and employees. So keep that in mind. Kiana, welcome to Balance Boldly. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you, Nikita, for that wonderful intro. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Do you remember that first night that we talked and it was like... <laughs> we couldn't get off the phone? Yes, I do. <laughs> it was hilarious. And we've had multiple conversations since then because, again, we were like fell in love with each other. But I remember that night you were like, well, I was trying to sit with my man and listen to some music, but... We're going to have this conversation anyway, because we're just loving on each other too much. It was hilarious. And we kept, we kept saying, all right, you go. No, you go. (laughs) It was like when you were on the phone with your boyfriend and you're like, no, you hang up. (laughs) It was so phenomenal. I loved it. And of course, from that moment, which of course, that particular first, first conversation, uh, we were, you know, definitely doing it around the podcast and, you know, what would make you a great guest to share all this amazing stuff about your life that could really just feed the souls of our listeners who are entrepreneurial in spirit. They are leaders, executive leaders, and kind of traditional entrepreneurs as well as those that I call those careerpreneurs that are professionals like we are. You're a professional nurse. I'm a professional clinician who are also entrepreneurs and kind of taking their skill set forward in different ways. And, you know, just testing each other out. You wanted to check to make sure that I was going to be, you know, not a boring, (laughs) monotonous sounding person. And I wanted to make sure that you weren't here to just be like, hey, I got a novel coming. I want to plug it, you know, that kind of thing. So we had a a great, great, great conversation. And I'm so thankful for you being here. Uh, You're welcome. In the spirit of breaking boxes at the end of 2018, as we move forward to 2019, please tell everyone about yourself and just some of the boxes that you had to break, including those kind of rules of burnout that you dealt with along the way. 
All right, it's been an interesting journey. So um, I, real quick, started off at the bottom rung as a nursing assistant, uh, actually, yes, nursing assistant, and then moved into what they call a certified nursing assistant role. But a lot of times it was, it was a step for me, right? So it was, I'm here, I'm learning, I'm gleaning everything that I possibly can. And it was preparing me for whatever that next level was. I didn't really realize that until now that I look back on my life, but I had a lot of uh, mentors, you know, at the time, it's like, I see something great in you, you need to move forward. Why are you still here? Let, you know, you should be doing something else. And eventually that led me to um, nursing school. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit as far as my first understanding of breaking boxes, because um, the school that I went to was a diploma program. And because I was a part of it, I was kind of guaranteed, you know, this uh, position at the hospital, right? And because uh, I was a scholarship recipient, mm -hmm. but the thought process behind that was, you know, as a nurse, when you graduate, you, you go into med surge and you do five to six years in med surge and you quote unquote, get your skills down. And then you branch out into different arenas of nursing. And I was like, uh, why, why, why do I have to do that? <laughs> why would I do that? That is not my, you know, that's not my path. That's not my passion. My passion was ER you know, it was critical care, it was one-on-one -on -one kind of patient-nursing relationship, and you could not get that in the med surge arena. So, you know, I had a bunch of people tell me, oh, you're not going to get a job, and I, I decided I wanted to go into critical care, and they're like, you're not going to get a job in critical care, you, you know, da-da-da-da-da, so um, I applied to one other ho uh, hospital health system in the Philadelphia area, which is uh, UPenn Health, a very well-known, very prominent, prestigious health system. And I went for the smaller hospital, not the super small, but the middle one, which was Pennsylvania Hospital, applied for this teleposition. I go in and I'm interviewing with the person, HR takes you over and I'm interviewing. And and um, I think I mentioned that I was interested in critical care, even though I applied for the teleposition. And so she walks me over and we're talking, had a great conversation. And I end up in this room uh, with all these nurses, right? So they're coming at me, interviewing me as about six of them. And I knew it was a critical care unit. And I was, when I say nervous, I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm a brand new nurse. I'm sitting here, all these nurses are asking me questions. I don't even know if I know what I'm talking about. I'm just a deer in headlights. Uh, I was 26 at the time, but I felt like I was 10. Mm. And so, <laughs> you know, we finish up and she's walking me back to the the tele unit, right? Because we, she did like a really quick, this is telemetry. And then she took me right to the units. Now, I did not know what was going on, right? I didn't know the plan that God had for me. I didn't, I didn't know. So she's like, well, you know, you, you met with the cardiac uh, care unit, the CCU nurses, and you met with the ICU nurses and the neuro nurses. And they really, you know, they thought highly of you and think you'd be a great member of the team. And I'm looking at her like, I'm sorry, what are we talking about? Because I'm interviewing for telly, right? Mm. <laughs> and she's like, so, you know, you have your pick. You could do ICU, you could do neuro ICU, or you could do CCU. And I kind of cocked my head to the side with my eyes wide open. And she's like, oh, or you could go back to telly. And I was like, nope, I'm going to take neuro. So that was <laughs> one of those boxes where, you know, mm -hmm. everybody else had put me in this box. When you graduate, this is how you start. And you're not going to get a job anywhere else because you're starting at this little itty bitty community hospital. Mm -hmm. And I was able to step out on faith, right? I had proclaimed this to myself, not to too many people, but people kept saying to me, well, this isn't how you do it. And I remember thinking, why? You know, why right. how I do? Why do I have to do it the way that everybody else did it? I'm not everybody else. And so that was my first 
box, right? So I get there and it's crazy, it's stressful. I don't think the first six months I was there, I didn't use the bathroom until I went home. Mm -hmm. I know (laughs) that life. I didn't eat until I went home. Like it was just Mm -hmm. (laughs) so stressful. But um, it helped me realize that there was a time for me to move on, right? So after I had my kids, I moved on to another health system mainline. And um, the manager at the health system where I started kept trying to, again, put me in a box. So when I interviewed with this other manager at um, mainline, she recognized who I was, right? She, she recognized what kind of person I was. And despite their policies and their procedures and how they usually hire, she took a chance on me. Yeah. And she was like, I didn't get what I wanted, you know, and, and we don't usually do it this way, but I'm going to take a chance. And her taking a chance on me um, allowed me to move into mainline health and, and blossom and bloom and really find what I enjoyed and uh, it was a per diem position. So per diems, you know, we're, we're a completely different mindset because mm-hmm. we don't sit in one spot. We love to float all over the place and take chances and do all kinds of things. It takes a very special person to be per diem, especially in the nursing world. Cause you get thrown into some stuff and you like, hold up, how, mm-hmm. what? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm the guest on this unit and you treating me like I've been here for five years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. So, um, So, you know, I happened upon um, a department called Interventional Radiology, which was new and blossoming around 2008, 2007. So I'm going to scoot back a little bit. When she hired me, I had just had our first child. My um, daughter's now 10. And I found out that I was pregnant with our second child three months later. And I was like, you know, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm pregnant. Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, okay, I don't know why you're apologizing, but that's fine, and, you know, when you go out, you go out, we'll figure it out, and I was just, again, you know, it was just like, here, I've been placed under this person who's allowing me, um, because sometimes somebody else has to allow you to be you before you can really see who you are. Permission, honey, don't get me started, that unsolicited permission, yes. So, you know, it was just like, oh my gosh, this person sees me, and I don't have to cowtail, I don't have to cater to, Mm -hmm. I can just be that bulldog that I am, and she's there, she's got my back, and she, she was like, all right, well, I have all these opportunities, which one you want to do first, and I'm like, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this, and um, IR, moving into IR allowed me to fulfill one of my per diem requirements without actually fulfilling it because it was an agreement they needed coverage. And I walked into an, when I was pregnant with my daughter, I, entered, I dealt with IR at Pennsylvania Hospital. And I was like, I'll never go to IR. I hate it. It's the worst thing. And then I hit IR at Mainline. And I was like, ooh, God, ooh, you, whew, how'd you, you done stuck me in this. Because I said never, huh? So, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> never turn into, yep, right now, you're going to do this. And I did, and I loved it. I, it. It answered so many pieces of me, right? It was, it was the calling to be one-on-one. It was the calling to be in something that was new and, yeah. and just budding. And it was the calling to be innovative. And it gave me this autonomy, right? So as soon as the doctors got to know me and my style, and I would say to them, oh, well, you know, our patient coming in, they're really anxious. I would like to give them so-and-so and so. And they would be like, okay, give them 10 milligrams and let's see how they do and keep an eye on their blood sugar. And I'm like, all right, well, they said that they took their blood pressure, their blood sugar meds on the floor, even though they didn't eat what they were supposed to. So I want to, you know, keep an eye on their blood sugars throughout this process and keep you abreast of what's going on. And my docs were like, yes, let's do it. This is, and it, so it was just, it was empowering, right? Mm -hmm. It was like, 
this voice that I as a nurse had in this department that I didn't have, you know, on the, in the ICU, yeah. a lot of times you're fighting docs. So I didn't have to do that. Um, so that's kind of what opened me up to wanting to have more autonomy and wanting to be, you know, to explore that nursing wow. skill set that, you know, God had called me to. And um, I just, I, I, it was like, it was like running or, you know, just, it was, there was an adrenaline to it. And it was this thing that just kept feeding me and feeding me and, and to have the respect of, you know, somehow my reputation preceded me when I would go to the other hospitals because Mainline has four mm-hmm. and the doc's like, yeah, I heard great things about you. So let's do this procedure. And I'd be like, all right, can I get, um, you know, 10 mics of fentanyl because they're still in pain. Sure, go ahead and give them 10 mics and you just, you know, let me know what you're giving them and keep an eye. And I'm like, what? Okay, sure. <laughs> yes, this team, let's do it. And a lot of the docs that other people had problems with, they, I didn't have those issues, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I, so I missed that because um, when I left the last hospital that I was with, I left and I had a great team. You know, I could have a bad day and folks didn't take it personal, right? Yeah. I could come in there with my face all scrunched up and they'd be like, all right, Kiana needs a little space. So we're going to, you know, hey, Kiana, this is your case. It'll be in, in an hour. They should be coming in. Like they knew mm-hmm. who I was and we just flowed together. And it was like, a, it was like a marriage away from my marriage, right? They got me. And when I left them, I I lost that piece of me. And it took a lot, Nikita, for me to not, because I kind of, I think, um, I identified with that so much that it, it became something that I was like, oh, yeah, and so I'm a nurse, and but I'm a bedside mm-hmm. nurse in IR. Mm-hmm. And then when I lost that due to injury, it was like, who am I? What am I? <laughs> you know, yeah. it, was just, it was really hard. Um, and so I tried to do it the way that other people did it, right? So I went to school, had a, got a, had a great career, worked for the system for almost 10 years, put in my everything, um, sacrificed, and then got injured. And it was like, all right, see you so long, you know, sorry right. to help you. And then I, I got another job, um, stumbled into that because of the personality and who I am. And I had volunteered with my kids' school at the time. And they were like, oh, you, I think you'd be great for this position. And I remember while I was going through the interview process, a lot of people were like, I kept saying, is this something I should do, right? Should I be doing this? Because once again, people are telling me, yeah, you could, you could do that. You know, you could. And I was like, no, 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 no. You're not listening. Is this something I should do? Like, that right. doesn't feel right to me. And again, because I had lost who I was, I was kind of seeking other people to kind of tell me because I was still figuring it out. And I went into this position and it was like, I died, right? Because I, it was hard waking mm-hmm. up every morning. It was painful. It was, it was slothing. And I was, I was going against my spirit because I'm sitting in this office in this cubicle doing these things, the data entry. And I was just like, this is just not who I am. And I cried to my boss and was like, listen, this is, this isn't a good space for me. I think I need to leave. And they kept telling me, no, you're, you know, it'll work out. Just give it a little time. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to tell you that I've never felt like this before. You couldn't breathe. No, mm-hmm. it was, it was suffocating. Mm-hmm. And the, <laughs> I never forget the day he fired me. He doesn't call it that. He still holds on to, oh, it was a mutual fire. And I'm like, okay, sure, whatever gets you to sleep at night. But (laughs) the day he fired me, I I cried in front of him. And, you know, as women, Mm -hmm. we're like, you know, they tell you, don't let them see your tears. Don't let them see you sweat. Don't let them let, you know, don't let them know that it's getting to you. And I'm sitting there. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, oh, my gosh, are you going to be okay? I was like, no, you don't get it. 
these are the happy, like, this is the relief. This is, yeah. I needed this. You were waiting for it. I was, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I didn't know it until I got it. So I broke that box. I broke the box of living up to everybody else's spe- expectations and not defining it for myself because exactly. I'm the one walking in these shoes, nobody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, you know, there's several things that we're, you know, we're, we're, we're dealing with um, as, as I've stepped out into the entrepreneur space, um, I'm not making the money that I was. I mm-hmm. mean, I was, I was a nurse. I did it, did it for 12 years, you know, yeah. 12 years. I was making close to a good bit of change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. And now it's like, you again, that box, right? So I was defining myself by the money I was making and right. by the money I was making and by being a quote unquote um, member of my household, right? A partner who's bringing in money and also doing all these other things. And I didn't, I, I, I didn't really, my worth was built into what the money was that I was making and what my title was, right? So when I stepped out into this entrepreneur space, I remember, you know, sitting in the back going, oh, I'm a, you know, I'm a nurse, but I'm a, I'm a business owner. And, you know, just real quiet. And I didn't have my, my, I, I want, I'm going roar voice on. And that process took about a good year and a half mm-hmm. to just be able to step into that and step into it like, yes, you know, I'm here and I'm, 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 I'm breaking things and I'm doing things and I'm disrupting things. And, and I'm stepping into this healthcare space because I see this need and I see this gap and no, nobody else is doing this. This scary as all get out. And yeah, but I can help you figure it out. And it's right. And let's sit and talk. And I don't just want to help you with this one thing. I want a partnership, right? I want, I want you to look at this system as something that owes you something because they do, because you're mm-hmm. saying, Yes, I need help. I'm in a vulnerable space, but I'm still strong and I'm still a person. And no, I don't care what the textbooks told you. I'm telling you what I'm experiencing. And let's have a conversation about what I'm experiencing and what that could be and what's causing that. Not what your textbook told you it is because I'm a black woman or I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a Mm -hmm. Chinese or I'm, you know, I'm, I'm Latino or whatever it is. And you just put me in this box. No, let's really talk about what's going on, where my life is, where, you know, what I, what my stresses are, what my strengths are and what my body's telling me. Cause I, I don't think that we're told it's okay to listen to our bodies, right? A lot right. of times we're told, no, you gotta, you, you got the, your body now, nah, you, if it's, if it's not showing up on the, you know, in the labs and if it's not showing up in right. your assessment, then that's not what I, you know, that's not true. And you're like, hold up, you know, wait a minute. I don't care that you're not seeing it on the MRI or you're But not, I still I'm, feel it. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm still feeling it. So mm-hmm. I, w- what could this be? And you seek out these people and you defer to these people and you're trusting and they're not listening. So anyway, that kind of got off. I went down the rabbit hole. Sorry. No, I think I know. I want to pause for a second because I think that was so such a phenomenal that you, you brought it forward. So my my recap of takeaway of what you said was powerful in so many stages, Kiana. So you went from you know, other people trying to put you in the box of what you couldn't do and the pace that you were supposed to have to do it in terms of entering into the critical care level of healthcare and you being able to break that. And a lot of the things that you broke moving forward up to a certain point was because you had people who were looking at you individually and saying, no, I see the potential. I see where you can go. I see what you could do, even though your resume may not have shown to this point 
that you have done it already. No, I think you could do critical care. No, I think you can come over to IR and do this. Yes, we trust that you said give us the, you know, 10 milligrams of blah, blah, blah. Like we trust that you can do this and that you are astute in your clinical experience enough customized to those individual patients that you're working for that you could do this. And you had both women and men who were in different authority positions being able to say, no, we see the potential, Kiana. And I think the point that you made there was, for all of us who are listening, is to be mindful of when you're talking to someone, don't just look at them like they're in a box. It's not just about you breaking your own box, but being mindful that you don't put other people in the box because it's comfortable for you. Oh, her resume doesn't show this. So, you know, we just want to ignore that. And like, look at, look at the great things that you were able to do with it. Not to mention the fact that you were about to put yourself in the apology box when you were pregnant with a blessing, your second child. And you had another woman tell you in, in this particular case, it happened to be a woman that said, no, no apologies. We'll make it work. We believe in you enough to make this flow. So you'll take your return to leave, do what you need to do. And you will still have a place with us. I mean, I think there's so many rich lessons underneath of everything you said, including bringing it forward to what you just said about, you know, what you do now with KB cows and helping people taking your nurse practitioner clinical experience, bringing it forward to say, you know what, every individual is different. And I know that your difference matters, even if the blood test didn't find it, the x-ray didn't see it, whatever. So looking at from an administrative level, what you do through KB Cows is being able to say, well, what's your health insurance? What are the wellness benefits that you have? Okay, based on that and your needs, put it on your clinical hat, your needs of this other stuff that you said you're going through, whether the doctors have found that or not, and we understand because we're we're all raised when you're in a behavioral science or life science background, you're raised to look at the boxes. We have to go by diagnosis. It's how you're groomed in that professional. So it's no diss to the doctors, nurses, social workers, therapists, psychologists that, you know, have to look at the boxes, but they still have to listen to the patients and you're able because you've been on the other side on the clinical side you now with KB Kyle's are able to listen to the patient in an individual way and say, okay, let me look at the lab results. Okay, let me look at this. All right, well, based on your health insurance, these are the things that you should be asking for. Maybe we need to get an augmented acupuncture or, you know, or a chiropractor or whatever. In addition, because those holistic uh, homeopathic or, you know what I mean? Or, you know, different non-allopathic tra uh, traditional medicines will be able to help you with, you know, uncovering some of the other things. And I think all of that was you saying, I'm not going to put other people in a box either because I don't want to be put in a box. So I heard it, girl. Oh. I, <laughs> listen, <laughs> that, and that was like my two, three minute recap of your, you know what I mean? But it, it was phenomenal. And I think it was really relevant to everything you're doing. And honestly, I think we're going to have to do a part two of this because I have so many questions. <laughs> I have so many questions. So what, okay, what I want to do from here is tell everyone right now like what do you do to take care of yourself because we are definitely doing a part two like we're going to schedule a part two and do it and you know as we kind of blend into this space of like up to the point that you started as an entrepreneur you had to get through this self-identity thing which is where i want to pick up in case i forget next one i want to pick up on the self-identity and how we connect to the thing that other people have been you know, associating with ourselves and we've enveloped ourselves in, because in your case, it was a, a nurse and making all this money and doing all this stuff inside your marriage and outside as a professional. But what do you do today to like take care of yourself now and, you know, just give yourself permission to pause? 
There's two things that I do. So one thing is it's called float therapy. Mm. I really enjoy it. Um, I was nervous because I'm not afraid of small, small spaces, but I was just nervous about doing something different. And I'm glad I did. I'm glad I took the leap. Uh, Sensory deprivation allows me to quiet my mind because my mind is always firing. There's always something floating in and floating out and I'm always processing. Um, And then the other thing that I do is I take time with uh, my mother-in-law and I find these shows uh, every couple years that we really just sit down and it's just us and everybody needs to be quiet and go away and we have you know our glass of wine or whatever. Uh, lately it's been Vera before it was Sex in the City and Single Ladies and we just it's it's my time to pull out of everything that I'm doing and it gives me focus and it gives me pause, but it also gives me connection with my mother-in-law because she's, she is my mom. You know, I have a mother, yes, but she's been here for me since I was 17. I'm now 39. And that's my girl. Like that's who I roll with. That's who um, I, you know, we hang out with. So that's, that's, those are two things I do. The sensory deprivation and float therapy. And then, you know, just hanging out with my mother-in-law and that's how I take my pauses. No, I absolutely love that. And with that, Kiana, before we get ready for part two, which is going to, for you guys that are listening, it's going to happen next week. So Kiana doesn't know this yet because we literally just created this right now, live on the air, organically. Um, (laughs) It's because she's so strategically agile. I know she'll be flexible with me as I'm putting her on the spot. Um, So part two will air next week. But with part one, tell everyone who's listening today how they can just follow up and connect with you. Um, my preference, because I love talking to people, is to um, give me a phone call, 267-625-2422. Um, I love to hear what your situation is, because even if I cannot assist you, I have resources that I can definitely point you in the right direction to make sure you're getting what you need. And then um, email is um, the other way that I like to be connected with. I'm all over the place though, because I'm on Facebook and I'm, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I am all, you know, I am wherever you can find me doing uh, wonderful things in all those spaces. But to really be able to do what I do well for you the the call picking up the phone or sending me an email and saying hey this is what my situation is and allow me to get back to you those are the best ways no that's perfect kiana i thank you so much and i honor you for not only part one of your time but for part two (laughs) like thanking you in advance by the way for part two you have been so amazing your story is so layered and i just like the first time when we spoke i'm like i can't get enough so i and i know they can't either because people are listening whether they have healthcare backgrounds or not like i we identify and relate relate so much to the layers and the pivoting and you know to play off of michelle obama who is the queen okay it's it's all about becoming. And I think, you know, honestly, next week when we talk, it's literally going to be picking up with Kiana Brathwaite with everything that she was talking about, about breaking through the old identity and becoming the new you. So that's going to be part two. That might even be the official title. I don't know yet. That's, that's kind of long for SEO, but we'll make it work. <laughs> we'll make it work. But thank you so much, Kiana. You are a pleasure and you are amazing and you are incredible. Thank you so much for your gifts to the world. You're welcome, Nikita. And thank you for, I, I love your vibe and just, 
you bring out the best in me. I can sit here and share so many different things. And it's because of who you are and, and how you create this safe space. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. I honor you for that. And I appreciate that. Thank you so much. All right, Kiana, don't don't go go anywhere. You stay right there. Okay. Balance boldly listeners. Oh, isn't this like, oh, it's like one of the best. It's orgasmic in its own way. How phenomenal this moment is. I'm so honored to have such amazing women and brave men that come and share their story and their journeys with us and and reminding all of us that it's not about looking like this picture perfect person, you know, something that you can pull out of a magazine and plaster on your wall. It's real life. And these are real solutions to the real problems that we've all had to encounter one way or another. So I'm so grateful for you taking the time out on your treadmill, spin classes, during your runs, in the car, wherever you are when you're listening. I thank you. And of course, as always, I honor you. Of course, as we you know normally say, if you love what you've heard, please make sure that you subscribe, rate, and share to help us ensure that the other ambitiously bold and brave out there have access to these valuable life, love, and business balance tools. Connect with me always. The best is balance boldly on IG. Of course, I'm on Twitter and Facebook and just like Kiana, I'm kind of everywhere. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, IG, all of it. But the best place to reach me, if you just want to just kind of loosely connect is IG. Send me a DM. Let me know you heard whichever episode it was so we can connect from there. And obviously, if you want to go a little bit further, you can email me at nthigpen at thigpro.com. And you guys have all of that at the bottom of the show notes. Until next time, create your balance and create your joy. Thank you for listening.